guys, welcome back to the Chase the Unknown podcast. My name is Roger Sisk, one of your co-hosts here on the podcast. And today, returning on the podcast, we have my co-host, Jared Robert Todd. Hey, I'm glad to be back, guys. Welcome back. Hey. It honestly surprises me. I can't believe that we're in season three already. You know, when our team sat down and talked about um, how many episodes we wanted to have in each season, um, 15 felt like a lot. But surprisingly, looking back, it doesn't feel like a whole lot anymore. And we're already at 30 plus episodes. It's incredible. It's been it's been a ride, man. It's been awesome, though. And it just surprises me, you know, the caliber of guests we've been able to get on the podcast here you know i know at least i know i've learned a lot personally um hopefully our audience you guys listening have been able to learn a thing or two here and there they really have been awesome we have another awesome guest too we do we do how's that for a transition there (laughs) today on the podcast we have filmmaker chase stanley who is a writer director producer editor he does it all ladies and gentlemen he does it all straight out of houston texas so chase how did you initially catch the filmmaking bug you know as i just mentioned you know you do it all how did you get that bug to really dig in and learn how to do every aspect when it comes to filmmaking honestly it 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 really was there from the beginning um i grew up watching films and i grew up like chugging media out of a out of a fire hydrant and um and i think uh whenever i was in uh, high school i knew i wanted to be in film i didn't really know what i wanted to do um i knew i wanted to like write things and i wanted to like be in charge and like all this other stuff um and uh and then i realized that there's like an actual job for that and it's a director and so um i was like okay cool i want to be a director but i don't really know how to do that um i don't I don't have like any connections. I mean, I'm in the, the middle of nowhere. Like, I mean, like I, I was, I lived, uh, I grew up like 15 uh, miles north of Houston. So there wasn't, uh, there wasn't really anything there. I, I ended up joining the Coast Guard uh, whenever I was 18. And I was like, well, I can't, I can't make films. So I'll figure out something else to do. Um, and, you know, I spent that first year in the Coast Guard just writing scripts. Um, and then I met someone who kind of helped, uh, who was also interested in film. And we kind of just went from there. Um, I ended up meeting like my uh, two current writing partner partners, uh, my producing partner all through um, the Coast Guard connections I made like on films and stuff whenever I wasn't working um, at the Coast Guard. Um, I would just, uh, I would go work on sets and stuff. And I and I found my producing partner. I found uh, my best friend and actor in all my films. Um, you know, so it kind of jumped off like that. And um, I got out of the Coast Guard. Um, and then I started doing this full time, uh, just doing freelance gigs wherever I could. And totally. now we're um, working on, you know, we got a, we got a, a feature deal. We got, and we're working on another little low budget feature right now that I'm back in Houston for. And that's about it, man. That's done it all. Music videos, commercials, real estate stuff. Oh yeah. You I feel like you know, you've gotta start with those you've gotta start with those small things to get Absolutely. to the get to the goal, get to the vision of what we all wanna do eventually, you know, which is um tell tell influential stories, I think. Absolutely, man. Yeah. I mean storytelling has been, you know, embedded in our culture and um totally. and it's it's like a necessary thing as much as uh, it, as easy as it is to dismiss it is it's a necessity i believe 
Totally, totally. We talked a little bit um, before that we started recording over message. I mean, you mentioned how um, you mentioned um, a specific memory of um, going to Blockbuster and begging your mom to let you rent something, you know. Yeah. Um, I, what, I can imagine that must be kind of where that vision and that drive to tell stories that impact and influence people started. Absolutely. I mean, there's something, I mean, as much as I love being able to uh, flip on my fire TV and flick literally any movie for the most part, um, that's very nice, but it's not the same as whenever I was, you know, nine, 10 years old and every Friday night we would go out and uh, we'd find a block, we'd go to the blockbuster, find the movie and, um, mm-hmm. and then have those concessions at the front somehow still tempt me, even though none of it, <laughs> none of it was cooked. It's like, it's like you, have, you get to go do this yourself, but it feels like you're at the movies, doesn't it? Like, yeah, I guess it does. Um, and so going there every Friday night, we'd pick out a movie and, uh, and that was where I found all my favorites because mm-hmm. we didn't own a bunch of um, DVDs or anything, or we had some VHSs, but we didn't have anything too crazy. And, uh, and that was there where I saw like Spider-Man one and um, uh, the oh, Sam yeah. one, Spider-Man two. And, um, and then, you know, convincing my mom to just, let me buy them. And that was the special features of like Spider-Man one and two are like the ones that really, I was like, Oh my gosh, this guy isn't real, but this is amazing. Like there's a whole, it's just this like, is made up. <laughs> yeah. You've like, you've shown me a magic trick, which is Spider-Man. And then you've like shown your hand, but your hand is just another magic trick. And that's like, it just blew my mind. I was like, this is real. But yeah. Is it, yeah. Is it like the special features that kind of like grab you sometimes? Because I remember watching the special features a lot of just like behind the scenes and seeing how fascinating it was. Oh, yeah. No, it, 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 it's wild. Yeah, you're, you're completely right. Like, um, like the, the special features, it's, it's like why I still have a huge Blu-ray collection. Like the only reason like I love being able to like rent things, like I said, uh, whenever, but like I've over like 600 movies right now like on blu-ray because i love just like i'll watch a movie and i'm like man i really like that i i, I want to like contribute to the film and then all like furthermore other than seeing it in theaters and also watch literally everything you filmed outside of the actual movie like mm-hmm. it's amazing that's that's in, that's incredible like you mentioned you know i mean it's hey good good job on the kind of the marketing department of blockbuster you know they you got the movies and you got the snacks like right up at the front you know it's, yeah. it gives you that kind of st- same like okay we're at the movies feel you know like you mentioned yeah. it's it's ingrained um it's ingrained as part of our psyche as a culture almost Absolutely, um, you know yeah. that you and it's and even kind of um we won't go we won't go into this but just um talking about you know what how how the world has kind of really been forced to change now in the last eight months yeah you know seriously. it's kind of like well all that it's interesting to see the people that ha, are have been so used to that cultural experience and now that that's been taken away from them seeing how they pivot and adapt to that Oh yeah. I think it's super interesting. And I mean, like me personally, like, I mean, obviously it affected like all of our films because totally. like, it just halted everything. Like we, we had a big movie coming up in Romania that I was going out to shoot and, wow. um, and then it just halted everything. And mm-hmm. so there's yeah. that, but then on the other side, like on the personal side of things, it's like, you know, I, I would go to the, th- the movie theater like twice a week, sometimes at wow. least once a week though, just like mm-hmm. wanting to go see anything, whether I'm like re uh, repeating a, a film that I've already seen, or if I'm watching something new, you know, I, I, 
I like crave that theater experience. And it's like, I can't have that anymore. It's like, you, you've just you've taken that away from me, which is, yeah. I mean, like in the grand scheme of things, it's like, well, I lost like getting to go to the movies. And, like, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. So, and, so you're definitely a fan like, of the yeah. art. Yeah. You're definitely a student <laughs> of the art. Yeah. Very true. Very true. Yeah. Just on a quick side note, how you mentioned a little bit, how is that, how is COVID in this whole like last eight months affected you? Um, from a from 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 excuse me from a film perspective you know like you said you had to i know for us personally we had to we had to put basically everything on pause for three or four months you know yeah and i mean that's that's really how it is i mean i um i i shot i actually shot um uh, my my first film was uh this, this short called the bartender um and i and i went in and i actually uh the the owner of that restaurant we shot the the, the bar in um they, they were losing the restaurant. And so mm. um, it was a real shame. And so yeah. um, I was like, and I was like, very, <laughs> I was very, um, I was like, oh man, well, if you're losing the bar, I mean, like selfishly, I'd like to go in and shoot it again um, <laughs> yeah. before it's all gone, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I, uh, we, we had to on the fly over the course of a month, cause they had about a 30 days notice before they lost it. So over the course of 30 days, we, I um, I scheduled and I did prep and, and wrote a script because it was all in my head, mm-hmm. um, a prequel and a sequel to my first short film. And so getting everyone trying wow. to get them back together safely and uh, quarantining people and like getting people into the restaurant. I mean, it's only like a couple of people, but then you've got like your crew. Um, and so it's all of these different precautions that we had to t- uh, that we never had to put in place. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, I, and then I also, at the same time, I'm, I'm just, I was the cinematographer of the film. Mm-hmm. And so I had to uh, go through all of that, those things. I had to mm-hmm. direct people. And so even though these guys are playing characters they've played before, they had it for the most part. And they were wonderful, by the way. Yeah. Um, and so that's, that's awesome. going to be released at some point. We have to. Yeah, yeah. That's on. awesome. Yeah. It's yeah. one of those things that like, you've got to jump through a million hoop, hoops already now because of COVID and all mm-hmm. that. But now when you are the person in a way, like doing everything, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it even adds it to be more stressful in terms of like, what's like how you have to manage things and how you mm-hmm. have to like, yeah. it just becomes more, it becomes even more of an undertaking. Oh, absolutely. Yep. Hey, I wanted to actually ask a quick question. I was looking at your, uh, your demo reel. Yeah. And uh, Roger, earlier we were talking, uh, mentioned uh, you had a, a fight scene that took like 23 takes to get right. Mm-hmm. Are you, like, well, how would you describe your shooting style? Because from what I, I see, I see you like the long shot. If you don't have to cut, yeah. you, you don't seem to cut, and it, it comes across really well. But how would you describe your shooting style? Ooh. Um, uh, uh, nerve wracking for everybody. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, no, we uh, like, so the thing for me is like, I've, I've spent the last five years trying to figure out what my style is in a sense and trying to figure out, uh, cause a lot of things is like, I think this is a good frame and like I put it up and like, I talked to my DP about it. Um, if I'm not the DP, you know, we'll talk about it for a minute. We're like, cool. We set it up. I edit the film and I put it out and then everyone's like, Oh, you do like these same shots. And I, I, I don't see it, but, um, yeah. but there's like some fluidity between each film that um, I'm not aware of. It's like a subconscious thing and I still haven't figured out what it is yet. And so yeah. that's like my next thing to figure out, like learning wise. Now, all that being said, um, 
for Stone Cold Crazy. Um, yes, there, that is a film that has uh, no cuts in it um, at all. Or I mean, uh, there's cuts before and after the fight, but the actual fight itself was no cuts. Um, and wow. I devised that from the get-go. Um, I mean, uh, I, 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 I used to live, whenever I was in the Coast Guard, I was in this place out in Virginia. And, um, and they had like the, the, essentially the dorms that they had us in had like these two floors and I like walked through it and I was listening to my iPod and, and I like heard like this whole fight scene happen around me. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this is amazing. I wrote the script. It was a feature. And I was like, awesome. There's a $20 million script. And I just like threw it because I was like, I'm never going to make this cause yeah. um, it's just baby driver and I'm not going to make baby driver. Edgar Wright already did it. Um, so yeah. it's basically like, I still had that, that, because the, the whole film opened with that one scene and I was like, I'm not going to not film this because like, I, I need to get this out. It's a song that not a lot of people know by from a band that everybody knows. And I want to get, I, I want people to, to bring people attention to the song. And I want to, I need to learn how to shoot action scenes anyway. A lot of like the, the films that I've done haven't been out of like a taste thing or, or like me wanting to figure, uh, it's just been like, I need to learn how to shoot action because I know one day I'm going to shoot an action movie. So I need to figure out all the issues of an action movie now. Mm, and then like so on good. top of that, why don't I go ahead and like make it a one shot and make it choreographed to music? Cause that makes things seem easier. Maybe it doesn't. That was, that was, you just don't know what you're getting yourself into. Yeah. And so, and I remember like having conversations with like the, the DP of that and like the, and like the stunt choreographer, Danny Yang, yeah. I was like, um, I was like, yeah, so I want to do this without any tape, without any cuts or anything. And he was like, right. So do you want to like do some like fake ones where you just wipe the screen or whatever? And I was like, no, don't, no, <laughs> we're just doing it straight up. And he was like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. All right. So this is going to take a minute to plan. And I was like, yeah, take all the time you need. So it took about, that was like six months of preparation. Well, that. I was going to yeah. say, what was the planning like on that? Cause that must've been massive. It was, it was pretty huge. Cause I like, that's the biggest, uh, that was like the biggest thing that I had ever done with the biggest budget that I had ever thrown into it. Cause I'm self-funding all these things. And mm-hmm. so, um, and so I, I, that one was rough because I had to plan, you know, six months in advance for these guys to learn how to choreograph the whole fight. And, mm-hmm. and it's also like getting my lead actor, Evan involved in all of those because he's mm-hmm. not a fighter, you know, like, yeah, I mean, like he, he's, he's in pretty good shape, but he, you know, he doesn't know how to fight like those guys. And so um, that, that being said, no one try and go beat him up on the street because I'm, I'm sure he'll, he'll roundhouse your ass. But um, <laughs> basically, there are. Uh, <laughs> and so basically, it's, it's getting him into the right like uh, physique for that role. It's, it's getting everyone. So that's like the, that's just the stunt side of things. Now totally. I got to find a DP who's uh, ballsy enough to do this thing with me, who mm-hmm. thinks we can actually do it who's also going to operate the camera himself. Um, I got to find and like bring his team in because like, we don't know what we need there. I got to, um, I got to get in. I, I called every single person I knew who had stunt experience and asked mm-hmm. them like for all of their advice on like what to do, what not to do. Um, and then, uh, and then we had to find a location and mm-hmm. I found the perfect location cause they've got sites where you can find some locations and stuff and the perfect one. It fit like everything that I had, in my head from whenever I first devised the fight scene. And I was like, this is amazing that I found it. The guy never responded to our messages when we were down there location scouting. Um, and it was just gone. 
and mm-hmm. uh, we ended up finding this other one, uh, one that I was kind of like, just like writing off. I didn't really want to go there, but um, yeah. you know, on the list, uh, we go up and whenever we get there, it's on like the third floor and it's in like this, you have to take this freight elevator all the way up. And I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. And I was like, can we shoot in the elevator? And he was like, if you're fast. And I was like, I'm fast. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so we shoot in the elevator and stuff. That's why the, the only cut that is before it is because we had to shoot in the elevator real fast and it was too risky trying to get the to coordinate um, it, yeah. to, to line up with them. And then there's, that's also still a working building. And so mm-hmm. uh, they were like, you can't be in this, you can't get caught in this elevator. And I was like, I will not get caught. So we did like four takes of that, maybe seven. And then um, everything else after that was the, the one or yeah. And also we had to switch from like uh, the steady uh, gimbal to the handheld um, shoulder mm. stuff. That's insane. Cause like you, I think a lot of people, they just don't think about, they just don't think about the preparation that goes into that, you know? Well, and that's the thing. So I think like the biggest part about that movie, especially is like, yes, I want you to know that like, this was really hard to do, which is why like, um, like I've got a sizzle reel on the back end of the credits there. Mm-hmm. But um but basically, I, you know, I want people to be invested in the story of the, of the action. And I want people to be, um, and I want people to be like, uh, asking like all these different questions. Like, mm-hmm. is he really going to go shoot that dude in the wheelchair? Yeah, he is. It's like, I want people mm-hmm. to be like talking about like that stuff and, mm-hmm. um, be worried about Evan, you know, because, um, mm-hmm. and all my other stuff, you know, and, uh, um, yeah. and then I want, I want people to be thinking about that. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we had alternate endings for that short, even, um, that's awesome. We had all this other stuff that we ended up having mm-hmm. to scrap because like took away from the story. And so totally um, Cause at the end of the yeah. day, it's all about story, you know, all about story. You, if you can have a huge team and have the best camera and everything in the world, but if your story is crap, then like your film's yeah. going to be crap, you know, but and if you're just shooting cool. on an iPhone and your and your story is great, then it's going to be way better than yeah. the one that, you know, and, and that's the thing, as much as you hear it, it's so true. Like you mm-hmm. can shoot one on your iPhone and like to prove a point, I did it. Um, mm-hmm. Like, and it's, 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 yeah, like you can tell quality a little mm-hmm. bit, but I mean like iPhone shoots in 4K, like, mm-hmm. like everyone, most people's do, or at least 1080. Everyone's yeah. phones look 1080 anyway. Like mm-hmm. you're not looking at anything higher than that. And so, yeah. I mean, like, it's not a quality thing. Like, um, mm-hmm. yeah, it'll look better if you shoot it on a, black magic cinema 6k but at the end of the day like if you if you have like the need to tell a story and tell the story the the answer is in your pocket and you're, mm-hmm. you're listening to this on it you know yeah totally totally one thing you mentioned sure, uh, a few minutes ago uh, did you want to jump in jether <laughs> oh no i was just saying i, I love that just, it's so available to people yeah um, it, it really yeah, is yeah. and i think i think we just don't stop and think about that honestly yeah and you know, they, I, uh, people think quick. they have to have the fanciest gear in the world to do something, but they don't. Yeah, absolutely. And now that being said, it's still hard. It's still oh, hard totally. to make it like, it's still hard to do it on your phone. And I feel like that gets lost because people are like, mm-hmm. people are like, yeah, just go shoot on your phone, mm-hmm. but you're still making a movie. It's still going to be hard work mm-hmm. and you still have to put in the work to do it. Mm-hmm. Don't downplay it just because you're shooting it on your phone. Totally. Totally. Just and you got to still love your, you got to still do you know, Yeah. That can still teach you the fundamentals of how to do things, you know? Absolutely. I still make like little shorts on my phone. Just like totally. just never because it's much faster mm-hmm. than it is on my, my camera. But yeah. Oh, totally. One thing you mentioned a few minutes ago that really, I really loved that you said is um, I'm going to, I'm going to use this as an idea as an opportunity 
to learn how to shoot a sh- action because I know one day I'm gonna go have to I'm gonna need to shoot an action and I don't know how to do it right now, and so right. I'm gonna use that as a learning opportunity to go essentially teach myself to shoot an action. Yeah, absolutely, and I, I mean that's that kind of where yeah it it all comes from that. I mean like you know we 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 try and get because like I have a company called Mixed Bag Productions, and so uh, one of the things that uh, we're all about is I mean like the our the, our company's name is Mixed Bag Productions, and mm-hmm. it's called Mixed Bag because everything's a bit of a mixed bag. We're doing totally. a bit of like some comedy, horror, uh, thriller, uh, drama. I mean, like all of our films are wildly different, um, even the ones that are in the same universe. Yeah, like totally. in that in the the Bartender trilogy, it's still uh, still like the um, like all three of them are still different. There's like different mm-hmm. motifs behind each one of them, and um, and they all come from a different place um uh whenever we're writing them and um mm-hmm. it, it, that's that's the biggest thing you know like you want to keep all of your stuff different not only to know if you can or can't do that because it'd suck if i wrote a big action movie and i go and i have no clue how to direct any of it yeah um yeah. and i mean like i also don't want to shoot like uh to write like this super big dramatic piece and mm-hmm. find out i don't know how how to direct a drama um yeah totally and so like you want to dip your toes in a little bit of each different uh, uh, of the genres because at the end of the day, you want to make sure that I mean, you're, you're the one that everyone's going to look to and mm-hmm. you want to make sure that uh, you know what you're doing when it comes down to it. So if you dip your totally. toes in a little bit of everything, you've always, you're always mm-hmm. going to have that that you can reach back to. Totally, totally. Um, going back to a moment ago, what Jared said a moment ago um, when, he, when he said, you know, how would you define your shooting style? You have you have to know the rules in order to break the rules, you know. And so you kind of have to go. You have to do it kind of from more of a traditional sense, you know. And then from there on, then you can learn. Okay, this is how we can creatively break the rules, and we can start doing stuff like your wonners and your your crazy stuff. There, seriously, yeah. And um, I mean, we even did uh, in the vein of that. You know, we did we did some like uh, one shot things, just like stuff Mm -hmm. for ourselves because we want to know if we can like pull some of this stuff off. So like mm-hmm. myself, Evan and Nick, uh, the other writer um, and mixed bag, we uh, all three of us will kind of sit down and we're together and we'll be like, all right, let's make this type of movie and let's do it just like this. Let's um, and we won't release it because we don't have, you know, like, yes, uh, that's good about what you want to release. You don't have to release every single thing you do. Mm, um, that's so good. That's good. I know, yeah, I know for me specifically, I've, I've done a few things that no one's ever seen just because it was a, it was purely just a learning experience for myself, yeah. you know? Yeah, you don't have to release stuff to learn from it. You can just, you can totally. look at it, I'll go back and I'll watch some of our older stuff sometimes mm-hmm. just to be like, okay, I really like this transition, like, okay, well, I held on black a little too long here and it kind of loses this sort of momentum like that. Um, I don't need, sometimes when you release things out in the world, you'll get, um, you'll get like, uh, you'll get, sometimes you'll get, neg- people love to be negative. And so you'll oh, get yeah. negative it's... response to everything mm-hmm. you put out. Even if like, mm-hmm. I've gotten so much negative stuff about something crazy sometimes. Be wow. Like, well, this is, uh, this is cool and all, but, uh, where's like your audio? It's like, yeah, I messed up on the audio. My bad. Mm-hmm. I've actually like since gone back and like redid the audio on the whole mm-hmm. thing. Um, it's not on YouTube. It's on my Twitter actually. But, um, but basically I, I like, I went back and I fixed it for myself 
because mm-hmm. I wanted to see if I could still do that. You so, wanted to challenge yourself and say, Hey, yeah. I want, I want to see if I can do this. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. like they bring up good points. Um, and yeah, my fault and my headphones sounded better. Um, but it's, it's like, you don't have to, you don't have to put stuff out in that, like, like, like really, they can be real brutal out on the internet. And, um, yeah. and I've seen that and you don't have to give them anything. You can like, That's so now that shouldn't scare you from like posting things. Mm-hmm. You should still post it. But like totally. at the same time, you don't have to put everything you do out there. there mm-hmm. You have no obligation to anyone except your investor. And most of the time you are the investor. So yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's an advantage Actually. of being self-funded. <laughs> All the power. <laughs> I, I make all the calls. <laughs> it's actually the same for actors too. Uh, even in an official sense, even if the film was, even if you, you know, you were on set, did the film and it never even made it to the cutting room floor, mm-hmm. it, you still did it. It's still in your resume and it's yeah. still a learning experience. Um, Matthew McConaughey even mentions it that like, yeah, once he's done, it's, it's done. If it gets released, if it doesn't, he had the experience. Mm-hmm. Boom. Yeah, seriously. That's so true. Yeah. So true. Yeah. Yeah, you really have to have those experiences or else how do you grow? How do you learn? You know, you we've talked about on here before, you know, you have to have those experiences where not everything goes perfect and not everything goes according to plan in order to give yourself an opportunity to grow. You don't have to release everything. Just to briefly switch topics really quick, um, you mentioned, you know, we talked a little bit before this podcast and you mentioned that you were in the Coast Guard for a while. And actually, you just recently got um, exited here in 2020. What was that transition like? You know, because you also mentioned that you, you were making films and you were creating while in the Coast Guard as well. What was that What was that experience like of creating content while in the Coast Guard? And also, um, what it's been like since you've exited and kind of pivoted into a new, we could say, season of life um where you're doing full filmmaking i believe full time uh it's certainly weird because now i have a beard but in a uh other sense of things uh it's kind of um it's it's scary because you go from having like a steady paycheck and you're like well i've done you know i think i can do enough freelance now that i can um i think i've got like enough in my under my belt that i can uh, do some freelance gigs if all else fails. Um, and I mean, at the time though, I mean, COVID wasn't a thing and we were, hmm. like I had said, we, we had this feature film coming up and, uh, we were all steam ahead on that. And, uh, so whenever it, it kind of, um, it COVID stopped everything else, it, it you know, we, we had, hmm. I had to do some serious adjusting. And so it was, mm-hmm. it was really weird. Um, but that being said, um, like so i can't sit still for very long without making something um mm-hmm. so like i said you know yeah. the second that we weren't doing that and i could stop like doing my own mm-hmm. prep for the shoot i was yeah. like all right well i'm gonna make this prequel and sequel that i've wanted to make so totally. now we did that and then um totally. and then after that it was like well uh still no news sweet i'll make another feature on my own so then yeah. you get into like um then you start looking at investors and doing all this stuff we actually have an Indiegogo that that's going to launch in, on the first of February. That's going to be um, our uh, our post production costs. Oh, awesome! Yeah. So, so it's like we we have all these things. You have all this stuff in your back pocket. And, mm-hmm. um, I've been sitting on you know I, I I wrote this script like six seven years ago. Um, yeah. I'm, and I'm finally getting around to be able to shoot mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Um, and so it's yeah. like 
it, 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 it's, it, it's a weird transition going from something so, um, you know, literally militarized um, and, mm. uh, and then swapping to something where, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm my own boss again. It's, yeah. And it's odd. Um, totally. But it's, it's nice. And, and you know, mm. I, would, I wouldn't trade what I'm doing now for the world. That's awesome. Yeah. To kind of use poker terms, you know, like you don't have, by no means do you have to show the world your hand. You know, you can have stuff in your pocket that you did, that you thought of or you whatever years ago, you know, and that kind of goes along the same vein of you don't have to release everything you do, you know, because you have the experience. Yeah, Um, absolutely. Um, And yeah, you know, it's, um, it's certainly, uh, it's scary, especially, mm -hmm. you know, but at the same time, uh, you know, the, the film, the structure of films and the structure of like the military is eerily similar. Interesting. Um, but it, yeah, I, I never would have guessed because I, I was like, I want to distance myself from the military, but then I also want to, um, you know, go pursue this thing that I love. And it's like, oh, well, it turns out like they also <laughs> kind of, they, they operate the same. somehow the same. <laughs> Are you using any skills right now, do you think, uh, in your filming that you may have learned at the time? Uh, in the Coast Guard? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I, it actually goes hand in hand with um, uh, how I like use skills from the Coast Guard. Uh, one of the biggest uh, pieces of advice I was ever given was like never approach like a um, like a conversation or like an altercation like still angry about whatever it is. Mm, yeah. um, it's like go back, like take your time away. And like it's amazing how like um, – how that actually goes hand in hand with film because there's plenty of things where like you know like um i'm i'm really i'm really gung-ho about this one idea or like um or someone like is late to set like all this other stuff and mm-hmm. it's just like just like kind of calm down just kind of like reassess everything and just like right mm-hmm. again you know yeah. um so uh basically uh the other thing um I like uh, bits that I've learned in the Coast Guard is like uh, it's all just been about leadership. Um, mm-hmm. It's and you know like directing itself is just like um, being confident in yourself and the answers that you give. Because like there's plenty of times on set where I, I like clearly don't know an answer, but I can just say you know if I if I make something up or if I like I never you never like don't answer a question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And uh, never just answer something with, I don't know, always have an answer, even if it's mm-hmm. bullshit. Um, but, you know. Yes. Um, you got to do it. And it's the same with the Coast yeah. Guard. Definitely, definitely. And fi- finally, um, as we're wrapping up here, uh, I was tempted not to ask this, but I, we have to hear the story about how, about um, your lead actor crashing the rental Mar- Maserati. We, ha- <laughs> we have to hear the, the moder- Maserati crash story. Can you oh, tell us lovely. about that? Yes, I can. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, so that's also in Stone Cold Crazy. Um, now, this is also after in uh, the rehearsal, very briefly in the rehearsal take for Stone Cold is whenever we were just timing everything out to make sure everything was still choreographed to music. Evan, um, there was this move, it was super cool, where like uh, one of the guys jumps on his shoulder, they do a backflip, he does a front flip over them. It was super, it was, I don't, I can't really explain it. It was wild though. Um, yeah. But basically, uh, he, he, we, were, we were practicing that and um, whenever they did the move, he just slammed his head into the concrete. And Ugh. because we're shooting 360, we're shooting on the ground, we're shooting everywhere, we can't have pads. 
Uh, and yeah. he's like super exposed in that vest, so he can't have any pads underneath. Yeah, and like an alligator back or anything. Slammed his head onto that onto the concrete. So, with that all in mind, um, we still went ahead and shot. Um, we put we took about a two hour break, and um, and still uh, we he was all right. He decided he wanted to keep going, and he was checked out and fine. Um, so, um, so that's scary as well. Um, now that's also in mind. Like, don't go crazy. Uh, it was uh, <laughs> it, it, a production in and of itself. Like it was mm-hmm. nuts. Um, so with the Maserati um, uh, in in Stone Cold Crazy uh, at the very end, um, uh, uh, Evan is going to meet um, like his boss or whatever mm-hmm. in the um, in in the in this parking garage. And I'm I'm playing the other character, so I'm sitting in the. I'm sitting in the car next to him, and the way we framed this shot was that um, my car was on the right, his was on, he was going to pull him to the spot on the left, and we were shooting through my window, and mm-hmm. so um, and so you can kind of have like this slide back and reveal that you're in a car and you don't really realize it yet. Um, so the way that Evan pulled in, I guess he um, I I was sitting there and I'm. I'm like sit, sitting still because like if I move an inch forward or whatever, then I'm going to be in frame and ruin the shot. And so Evan like pulls in and we had done it a couple times and, I, you know, I kept wanting like a, a new take. And um, sure enough, he pulls in one of the times and just, and this, and the walls in that parking garage were all textured, you know, like textured ceilings, but it had textured mm-hmm. walls. And so he just like pulls in and, keeps on creeping up and I just hear like this loud crunch come out through the window. I just like slowly roll down the window and like lean forward. And I was like, what happened? And he, and he just looks at me and he's like, I crashed the Maserati. <laughs> and then, um, <laughs> and then I was like, and I just leaned back and rolled up the window and I was like, I don't care. Let's keep rolling. <laughs> and it was, like, it was after a whole day of just other nightmares. I was like, I don't care that we crashed the Maserati. It's the least of my worries at the moment. Mm-hmm. Just let's keep going. <laughs> and so we had like someone to like stand in front of the, of the, uh, like the wall and the Maserati and mm-hmm. I was like, at least now you'll crunch Scotty's leg. <laughs> Instead <laughs> of the Maserati. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I I actually, I never received a bill for any of that. So I don't wow. know what happened. So maybe they didn't see it. But like, I was going to say, since it was a rental, how, how was that? that um, uh, how, was that how was that the, whole, so how'd that work out? Yeah, no, no, sorry. Um, the, the, the texture had like all imprinted on the front of the Maserati. Mm. It didn't like crack anything, thank God, but it was all, it was all of a sudden textured in the, in the yeah. front of this car. And um, so I don't, I don't know, like I had, I had called someone the day before and I was like, hey, like I want a Maserati for, for the shoot tomorrow. Was, and then, um, you know, we, we had a Maserati the next day. And then I don't know what happened to where it came from. I don't know what happened to it after. All I know is that I didn't get a uh, get a bill asking you for a new Maserati, and I was like, "You owe us one no Maserati." Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm not gonna ask too many questions on that one. Yeah, okay yeah. then. We'll, we'll leave it there. Just uh, maybe we give him one of the coke bags from the from the uh, from the shoot. I'll never tell. <laughs> we'll, leave, we'll leave it there. 
as we're, as we're wrapping up here, um, do you have any advice for anyone who has uh, maybe who was in your situation where they love watching special feature the special features you know of their favorite movie and they're they're having that realization that whoa there's like a whole there's a whole thing behind like this this they're they're seeing the magic you know and they they've kind of realized that they they want to be a filmmaker or they uh, and they want to tell stories what advice would you have for them just starting out. Well, I would say um, the biggest piece of advice I could give you is uh, don't let anyone stop you from shooting. Like we had talked about earlier, like mm-hmm. you, can use your, you can use your phone and stuff. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> if you're a writer and you don't want to direct, um, you just want to be a writer, go direct something. You're going mm-hmm. you, you're gonna to have to make, you're going to have to let people know that you can write scripts. If you're a director and you just want to direct things, go write something. You're going mm-hmm. to you're gonna have to do rewrites and stuff anyway. Um, find a buddy and uh, hold, have them help you hold yourself accountable. That's so um, good. Uh, and if you're an editor, and go direct something. If you're a director, go edit something. Hmm. Doing like all three phases of it, writing, directing, and editing. They always say, you know, you, 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 you write your script three times. It's whenever you write it, when you shoot it, and when you edit. When you mm-hmm. write it, it's the movie you want to make. When you shoot it, it's the one that you think you're making. And when you edit it, you, you find out that you just have a compilation of nonsense and you have to figure out a movie to tell out of that. Yeah. Um, very rarely do you have something that's, uh, that's mm-hmm. consistent through all three. And that being said, if you, are, um, uh, if you are writing and directing and editing something, you have more consistency that I found over the years. You have more consistency that the story from the beginning to the end is still the same. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I, I would just say that like, you really just need to go out there and just do something. Just uh, so go shoot something. Um, and I would say if you're, you're, you don't know where to start, um, I tell everyone the, the same thing, which is yeah. go write a conversation between two people. And you know, it doesn't have to be intense. It doesn't, it doesn't have, it could be funny. It could be dra- dramatic. It could be, it could be about literally anything. It could, and, uh, they could be sitting down in a kitchen um, uh, having an uh, awkward day after like a one night stand, they could be in a forest um, talking about something creepy that's happening. You don't ever have to mm-hmm. see anything creepy there. Yeah. Write a conversation between two people and uh, shoot it, edit it, show it to everyone or don't show it to anyone. It's up to you. But that, if you just rinse and repeat that, mm-hmm. it'll, it'll happen. You know, it, at the it, end of the day, that's how you improve. Absolutely. Yeah. That's so good. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today, Chase. It was so fun to talk to you. Absolutely. Thanks so much. Definitely. Is there anything you wanted to add, Jared, before we wrap up here? Nope. Just thank you. It was, yeah. it was, it was interesting. I loved hearing all of it, man. And if people want to find you, Chase, they want to watch your short films or they want to get in touch with you, where can they do that? <laughs> Absolutely. We're going to be uh, launching our Indiegogo um, on um, February 1st. But right now you can go and uh, look at the pre-launch page. Um, but I will say, um, uh, you know, don't feel obliged to like, uh, chip in any money if you can't, um, you know, it's tough out there. Um, yeah. I will ask, you know, just give it a little share. It just takes two seconds to share it yeah. around and, um, someone else. Share it along, you know, spread the love. that's at, uh, uh, Indiegogo and you just look up good company film, um, definitely there. And then, uh, you can find me on every platform at the real C stands. Um, awesome i love that name i love that name thank you thank you very much and we'll have all that information in the show notes below of course awesome thank you thanks so much
Definitely. And thank you, Chase, so much for coming on the podcast today. It's been super fun to listen to some of your stories and get some of your advice. That's been really valuable, I feel like, to some of our listeners. And as always, thank you guys, the listeners, for listening to another episode of Chase the Unknown here. If you haven't followed us on social media yet, we are at Right Time Media now on all of our social platforms on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Also, just a quick reminder, we have our pilot of our original web series, Young Life, premiering February 1st. So go ahead and go subscribe to our YouTube channel at Right Time Media, or for updates, check out our Instagram. We'll be posting regular updates on it there, and we're so excited to share what we have with you guys. It's, gonna, it's been a long, long time in the process, and we're excited to share it with you guys. Until next Wednesday, remember to go and chase your unknown.